hearing that I was allowed to dream again opened my world back up. It, it ignited a spark of hope in me that I didn't have before. And honestly, it's that, that spark that I really want to help other women have. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Angela Snyder about her personal journey and how impactful it has been for her to recognize that we need to find our spark again and trust in ourselves more as we enter motherhood. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm happy to have you here and to get started with our conversation today. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Awesome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Angela Snyder, and I am a self-empowerment coach. I really help midlife moms get unstuck, find connection, and give themselves permission to step into this next level version of themselves. Um, I'm a mom of three boys, eight, five, and almost three. My little guy will be three next week, which feels so crazy that my baby is turning three. Um, And I'm a former lawyer turned personal development junkie. Oh, and a podcast host. I have a podcast as well. Awesome. So So many things. So So many things. Yeah. So with like, you know, being an attorney and being a working mom, like, what was that like at first? Oh my gosh, Sarah. I always joke that like I had no idea what was coming to me. Like I have realized recently that the stories I grew up with, like you have to become successful, right? Go to the, get the highest degree you can be as successful as possible so that you can be safe and always able to take care of yourself. I didn't realize how they that story really truly affected me until I became a mom. And I, and when I became a mom, I was a working attorney and having to juggle both of those roles was so hard for me. My first son was very, I'll call it medically complex. He had a lot of things going on. We were constantly in and out of doctor's office, specialist office, things like that. And it never felt good to me to leave him. Like I know we never feel great about leaving our kids anyway. But like, I think especially given all of the things that he was struggling with medically, it was like, I was very anxiety ridden, which now looking back could have been like a, uh, you know, postpartum anxiety and whatnot. But I had no idea about that kind of thing. That language wasn't in my, it wasn't in my wheelhouse, my toolbox. I didn't know. So I was really struggling trying to fit into my former life of being a highly productive high-functioning, independent woman attorney, and also being flung into this new role where I was so vulnerable. I had zero control over anything, right? I had no idea. Breastfeeding was a huge struggle for us. And it's hard because I felt so much pressure about things that were supposed to be naturally easy to me. You know, I had I had done the things, gotten the acc- accolades and 
sort of, you know, risen the ranks in my professional life. And now here I was like taking on this new role that was supposed to be so much more natural. And it was a struggle, but I thought it was a struggle because I was doing both. And I never felt like I was doing really good at either one. So eventually when I had my um, second son, I was able to step away from my legal career. We were so fortunate. We, as a family, we decided we're going to do this, uh, make certain sacrifices and be able to just have me be home with the kids. While being a working mom presented certain challenges, being a stay-at-home mom (laughs) presented a lot of challenges as well that I was so unprepared for, Sarah. I had no idea. I thought, okay, phew, I'm leaving behind all the stress of the workplace and like filing deadlines and court appearances and all of that. I'm leaving that behind. All I have to do is focus on my family. It's going to be smooth sailing, easy peasy. Uh, My husband jokes that that year was like the domestication of Ange because I had no idea how to balance like a household. I had to obviously the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry, not to mention caring for two babies. I was totally out of my comfort zone. And it came with so many additional challenges because again, these are the things that society tells you you're supposed to be so good at. That's just what comes natural. You're a woman. You know how to do all these things. You're, you're, you know, the household is your domain, all of those things. And I was really struggling, but I felt so alone. I felt like I didn't have anybody I could quote unquote complain to because I really needed to vent about my experience, but my working friends were not going to be the place for that, right? Because they're all, they're working full-time jobs and raising their families. They don't want to hear from their stay-at-home mom friend that she's struggling to do the dishes. Give me a break, right? They're meeting deadlines. Their boss is after them for certain things. Like they don't want to hear about it. And so it caused me to really, and my family, to be honest, my family, I don't think liked hearing that I was struggling at home because we were sacrificing for me to be there. So I don't think it made my husband feel very good either for me to complain about being home with the beautiful babies that we had created and when he has to go out to work all day, right? And and we collectively made this decision and it just didn't feel good. So long story short, it caused me to go inward. And I really, I took that struggle like on myself and I just didn't talk about it. And it was, it was really, really tough. Um, so that is, I can leave the story off there. I can like pick it up um, of how that kind of, it was then that I, I sort of got propelled into my personal development journey. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think there's so many people that do kind of have that shift of like, you feel like you're out of control and, and you're not really sure what's happening. Like, you know, being a working mom and thinking like, I got this. And like, the only thing that I'm going to add into the equation are these kids and, um, you know, that's just not the case. And you feel like you're, you're juggling all of it. And it's so interesting, you know, to hear you say like, you know, at that moment when you were like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom, like all the deadlines are gone, all these like 
corporate obligations are gone. All I have to do is take care of these kids. And like that, like all I have to do is like so much more than what we really, you know, know about. And, you know, there's, there's some moms that they're first, they, they start to become a stay at home mom, or, you know, maybe they wait until later and such. But I think it's always kind of like there when you are a working mom, like right now, I work full time, you know, I think sometimes like, oh, like, wouldn't it be easier if I could just like not have all these <laughs> obligations with work and I could just like only focus on this. But, you know, like then you put yourself in this other role and, and you don't have that daycare or nanny or, or something, you know, helping. You're constantly on call. You are the one providing for your kids. And I can totally imagine how you were saying you felt so alone because, you don't want to go back to your working friends and be like, oh, this stay at home mom life, this is so tough. And yeah, like, as somebody that works, I'd be like, all you have to do is stay at home. Like, you don't have to go to work anymore. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so like, it's hard. And like, you don't want to complain. And you like you were saying with like your husband and your family and stuff, like you sacrifice so much and you've gone through all of this to be able to have this opportunity. You don't want to be like, maybe this isn't what I was like thinking because you've already jumped in and you've already made that, that choice. So like, I can't relate, but like, I can sympathize with like, like how you were you feeling and, and why you resorted to kind of like going inward and, and just being like, this is, this is just me. This is my struggle. This is what I'm dealing with and nobody wants to hear about it. So what really was that journey then, you know, from starting that going inward to to where you are now and, you know, finding people that you could relate to or learn from? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I, I love that question. And it's, it's a big one. There's a lot to unpack. But first, I want to mention that I, it also felt really isolating among the other stay-at-home moms, I just felt like this um, innate sense of not belonging, right? Because I'm in, I'm flung into the mother's groups. I signed up to do all the play dates, all those things. And I just felt like, and I think this is probably a theme in my life, just that everybody else is like doing better than I am. Like I am struggling. Why am I struggling so hard when everybody else is rocking the casseroles every night? You know, they have like their meal prep down and their meal planning and they're doing all these things. And it's like, I can barely keep my head above water. So it was very much an isolating experience for me. I was grateful to find like a really, really dear friend. Um, through that time period. But other than that, it was a very isolating experience. And I started like listening to a personal development book or something like that. And it was, it was when I heard in that book, the author, give me a stay at home mom, midlife stay at home mom, like she was speaking to me and said, you have the ability to dream again. You have the ability to choose more for your life. And honestly, it was hearing those words, like a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, what? 
this doesn't have to be it. And I have to tell you, I'm a dreamer by nature. I don't know where along the way I lost that spark. I lost my light. I became so consumed with like serving everyone else in my life and meeting the needs of my children and the house and all of that, that I forgot about me and like my heart and my soul as like a human and all of the things that I had dreamt of doing with my life, I just sort of felt like they weren't going to happen anymore. I guess I had resigned to that. And it wasn't until I came across this personal development book and I was listening uh, because I can't read anything. Let's be honest. I go to sleep the, like the minute I open a book and I read a few words, I'm out like a light. So listening to books, audiobooks are my jam. I was listening and doing dishes and just hearing that I was allowed to dream again opened my world back up. It, it ignited a spark of hope in me that I didn't have before. And honestly, it's that, that spark that I really want to help other women have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And you know, it's that giving permission. Like I think a lot of times, like you said, like we, who knows at what point it kind of just like shuts down and you're like, well, this is my life. Like this is what I'm doing. And this is just like the way it's going to go. And we forget that like we have the ability to still change and we should be changing and we should be like growing and learning and everything like that. And like, I think what hit me the most was like, you know, wanting to teach my daughter certain things and like start thinking about like, well, what lessons do I want to show her, teach her and explain to her? And I was like, why am I going to tell her that she can, you know, always chase her dreams and do what she loves and, and dream and everything. And then I wasn't doing that for myself. Like I had completely just already like, this is my life. Like I'm going to work until I retire. And you know, like she goes to daycare and we have this routine and blah, blah, blah. Like I thought like this was life now, like this was what motherhood was supposed to look like. And as I was kind of like, you know, watching the Disney movies again or reading those like storybooks and everything, I was kind of like, wow. Okay. Wait, like, if I want her to learn these things, I have to do these things for myself. And so like, what do I want to do? What are my dreams? Like, what do I still want to think about or achieve in my life? Like, this can't be it. Like, this can't be, you know, the end. It can't just be like what I want Rosie to do and what I want her to grow up to be and, and how she's going to be able to achieve all these things. And I'm going to obviously be there to support her. But like, I have to still give myself that ability to be creative and explore and, and really just tap into all of that so that I can show her and demonstrate that to her more. Absolutely. Yeah. I think once that really hit me, I was like, okay, like what, what's going to happen? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> And it really sort of like gave me like a new life again to be like excited for what her life is going to look like. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think like you hit on a really important topic about modeling for our children, right? How how we want, like we can't just tell them, we want you to dream big and chase your dreams, but then we're sitting in a box, right? We can't just do, we can't just like lecture them to do all these crazy things, but never take any chances ourselves or never chase our own dreams. And it's like a good reminder that we are still a whole person just by ourselves. We are still a whole valid person worthy of chasing their dreams, worthy of, you know, being lit the heck up and in pursuit of something that excites us, right? Like we deserve that. Um, and I think it's, it's an important reminder and it's nice for our kids to see us like that. I think if you were to ask my oldest, like, for his perception of me, like before I started this journey. And now I would really hope that he can detect the difference. You know, they can see and feel like our energy is a powerful thing. And they for sure pick up on our energy. Even my littlest is so emotionally intelligent. He knows like the look on your face, like how you're, you walk into a room, he can tell how you're feeling. They just, our children are such like intuitive beings just naturally. And they know, is mom happy? Um, they can just tell. So I think it's so important for us to be modeling that. And another thing that you mentioned um, got me thinking about what we want to teach them. For me, this journey has also been about learning a lot of what I don't want to pass on to them, right? Like this self-discovery journey for me has been a lot of uncovering stories and narratives that have sort of kept me small for lack of a better term and and things that I don't I want to be extra sure not to pass on to them which is why going through this like midlife enlightenment process is so powerful because it gives us the opportunity to really be the change makers in our you know generational lineup we have the opportunity to really to really make a strong pivot and and be impactful for the kids. So that's exciting to me. <laughs> and now, so for you personally, what have you felt? Because I think a lot of the times, you know, we we hear these things, we see these things. And like you were even saying, like the moms with the casserole dishes and have oh, yeah, everything yeah. all together <laughs> and like whatnot. So like you might see somebody that you want to, you know, follow or do those things and it, it looks very appealing and you start making lists of how is this going to happen and what's going to go on. But then, you know, we kind of like hit that little dip in a way of saying like, well, you know, I tried and maybe that's just not for me or like, I want to be happy or I want to be able to like chase my dreams, but it's just not realistic. Like that's not me. Like, you know, I think so many times, like, some moms will kind of see these things that they might want to happen, but then they just aren't, you know, like taking steps or moving forward, or they're still like drowning in that overwhelm. So where would you kind of help somebody that's just kind of like, well, that's nice and all, but that's just not, that's not me. Like that's not going to happen for me. Absolutely. And I think this is a very pervasive feeling, especially for moms who, in general, I think, feel pretty overwhelmed, right? There's a lot on their plates. They're juggling the kids and the home and work life, whatever. So it's hard to carve out time or to feel 
like you have the time to put in pursuit of some what sometimes feels like a very luxurious like end goal, right? It feels like who am I to want more in that regard, right? Who am I to dream for this or whatever? And and for that, for the clients that I work with that have that type of um you know, view. A lot of times there's a lot of like limiting beliefs. There's a a backstory there um, that we really need to work hard to uncover and and to get through. First, we have to bust through those limiting beliefs so that we can implement um, more positive suggestions in your subconscious mind to help you really move forward. But I always tell my clients and the women that I speak to that they know intuitively, they know in their heart what's meant for them. If there is a dream on your mind that you just can't get rid of, if it's something that keeps coming back, it's because it is meant for you. And a lot of times that's hard for people to hear because they're like, oh no. And like, how would I possibly do that? But I'm telling you, when you close your eyes and you think about your highest self and what she's up to, the images that pop into your brain are not the same as the images that pop into anybody else's brain. And they are there for you for a reason. And so I would say like, if it's something that you feel really connected to, and it's something that you feel like you could see yourself working hard towards, then let's make a plan. That's e- That's the easy part. I'm happy to work with you to help you make a plan and to help you bust through whatever limiting beliefs come up with you in um, your pursuit of that. Right. But if but a lot of times what happens is we get distracted by social media. We see other people, you know, shiny objects in them. Right. We'll see people doing things. We're like, well, hey, that worked really well for her. I should give that a try. But that's not the same as connecting with your your soul and your highest self and what she's up to. That's different. This is you like seeing what other people are doing and thinking, oh, that might be a good fit for me. And, and that's more along the lines of like comparisonitis a little bit. Like I mentioned, the shiny object syndrome, that's not necessarily meant for you just because you're scrolling social media and you see something that looks appealing. Um, so what I would recommend is really taking the time to get quiet with yourself and going inward and checking in on what does your intuition say? A lot of my clients, and I feel like females in general, struggle with giving themselves authority over their own lives. And I know it sounds crazy in 2021 to think that we might struggle with that, but it's because we've been conditioned with these stories through our family, through society, through everything that we're constantly looking outside of ourselves for for validation, for permission, and and we're just constantly thinking that other people know better than us. At least for me, this was something I really struggled with. And when I sat back and relaxed a minute and gave myself permission to just know that I knew what was best for me, to trust myself. This self-trust theme is huge for women. Um, I mean, when you think about it, now I'm getting crazy on you, but like when you think about it, even like Supreme Court cases tell us what to do with our bodies, right? So it's no wonder that we struggle to have trust for ourselves and for our own ideas and intuition. But I would recommend taking some time and getting quiet with yourself and building that muscle of connecting to your intuition because it is a muscle. It's some, it's not something that everybody is accustomed to doing, but when you practice getting quiet and you practice connecting in that space, it's only going to become easier and easier. And those answers will come to you clearer and clearer. 
and you'll be able to see, is this the right path for me? Is this, you know, and sometimes you find when you're on your path towards something that feels like an aligned goal, it's no longer in alignment, right? You're like, oh, I thought I wanted this. But now that I'm here, I'm, I'm experiencing this resistance. And that's when we just take that opportunity to really feel through the resistance. Where is it coming from? Why are you experiencing that? Um, and it's totally valid that it doesn't have to be for you just because you set out on a journey doesn't have to mean that that's your end goal. Like, I feel like this is another huge thing for me in my life, Sarah, is the power of the pivot right? Like giving yourself permission to just trust that you know what's best for you. Like I started out as an attorney and going back to the law field, especially after all of this motherhood stuff just didn't feel in alignment. But oh my goodness, all the stories I was telling myself, all the stories I heard from society, from my family, everything else was like, go back to the law practice. Go back. Are you crazy? Go make your money. Go to the law practice. But it wasn't aligned with my heart anymore. And listening to that story and like listening to myself and having the courage to say, no, thank you. I'm going to I'm going to choose me here is a big deal. And I think that's a lesson that women need to learn and they need to hear more about. Right. They need to see people doing that, hear more about it so that they feel more comfortable listening to their own intuition and and having courage in those moments as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And like you said, it is a muscle that we really have to like work on and and form because it's something that, you know, maybe a lot of us aren't used to using or or being familiar with. And unless you know somebody, you know, in your family that is kind of in that mindset and and working along those same lines, you just have never been exposed to it. And and so like it might seem hard and difficult at first, but it does get easier the more we kind of like tap into that and say like, what do I want? What do I feel is right? And not letting those kind of like external factors really decide on what's going on for us. And I think especially in those like early months postpartum, you know, you do have those feelings instinctively and, you know, maybe not all the time, it's not going to come natural, things like that, but you can say like, what do I want for my baby? Like, what do I feel is best for them? So, you know, like knowing what you know now, how do you feel like that could have helped you in very early motherhood, like initial postpartum period and what that transition would have been like? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question because had I been even half as empowered as I feel now, I think I would have had, especially for my first son, I would have had so much more, I don't want to say control, but I would have felt so much more at ease making decisions, especially where it came to his medical stuff. You know, I struggled so hard with breastfeeding. I mean, like I could not make an ounce of milk for the life of me. And I felt like the biggest failure. Everywhere I looked, you know, people were overproducing. Of course, that's what I was focusing on. But everybody was overproducing so much milk everywhere. And I was like eating so many lactation cookies. I was like I was using oils. I mean, I did everything I could to increase my milk supply and I just couldn't. And I think if I had just taken a step back and listened to my body 
and what my body was trying to tell me, my intuition in that moment, I could have made like better decisions for us. You know, I probably could have switched to formula easier. I could have given myself an easier time with that. Um, He had a lot of other medical issues. I remember going to these doctor's appointments and just being like, as wide-eyed as possible with so many questions and just waiting for them to give me answers and they didn't have any and I felt so not empowered I felt such uh you know a lack of of knowledge I felt unable to make decisions on my own I was constantly waiting for these other experts to just tell me what I need to do to help my child be healthy. And I had zero connection to my intuition and to myself. And I feel like our bodily connection with our children is actually very strong. Um, And had I allowed myself to listen to that a little bit more, I just think I could have had a little bit easier of a time. Um, and honestly, this the lesson of, of not looking outwards for validation and um, for, you know, external like help getting places and stuff like knowing where I'm going. It's a lesson that I have to keep learning. It's something that I have to keep practicing, like going inwards and connecting to that intuition, because it's easy to get very caught up in, uh, well, they said you have to do this. So that's what I'm going to do. It's really easy. Um, to forget to connect to yourself first and see if that feels good. So I think my early days of motherhood would have been so much easier, maybe not easier like the day-to-day stuff, but I could have felt more at ease about the situations had I had a stronger connection to my intuition. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important to kind of you know, acknowledge and notice and, and really just, you know, like you were saying, like, everyone is doing this, or like, everybody's like, this and that and that and that, like, if you feel like you're the only one like struggling with something, of course, like, it's gonna look like everybody's got it all together, everybody can produce like breast milk, like everybody is overproducing. Like, you know, I was seeing people that, you know, had huge freezer stashes, and and everything. And I was like, I'm just making enough for my baby on like a day to day basis. I was like, how in the world are these people like overproducers? And like, where is all that milk coming from? Like, it, it like blew my mind. But then I was like, you know what, I am making enough for my baby. And that's all I need. Like, that's all I wanted. Like, I didn't need like a huge freezer stash. And and things like that. And I think like you were saying, like, we put all of this kind of like, pressure on ourselves, that really doesn't need to be there. And if we really just take the time to, you know, focus and say, like, what does my family need? What does my baby need? Like, what is our current situation? And like, what's going on here? I think, you know, that that does relieve a lot of that stress and pressure. And even, you know, how you were saying too, like, they say this, and they say that, like, you know, there's always gonna be like, this is what you need to do. And this is the best way for this. And that's the best way for that. And you need to eat like this, or eat like that, or do these exercises or this and that. And it's like, if it doesn't feel right for you, though, don't do it. (laughs) And that's okay. And I think, I think a lot of the times that's what 
is important. And like you said, like if you're not feeling empowered to trust yourself and, and your own intuition with those things, it's very challenging. It's very hard because you're trying to do everything that these people say on top of everything that this person says. And you are going to the doctor or your provider or, you know, aunts, uncles, family, whatever. And you're like, how do I do this? Like, how do I do that? And we're relying on all these other people to give us the answers when most of the time you do know what the answer is. And I think it's just learning to, yeah, trust yourself and trust your own opinion. And, and you know, we have lived this life for a decent amount of time before we have children and so like we've had our own experiences, we've been through our own life events. And I think, you know, if you want to know an answer, sometimes it is more beneficial to really take that time to dig into it yourself and, and figure out, you know, what you want, not what they say or what everybody is doing. Yeah. Absolutely. I try now to check in with myself regularly and say, okay, Ange, like, especially, you know, when I can see that it's coming up the most for me is when I'm constantly like taking, I'm looking for outside advice. I'm like, there's a decision I have to make or something. And I'm asking my husband, my friend, my mom, all these people. And that's my trigger for myself. I'm like, wait a second, back up, step back and ask myself, okay, if, if I, if this had to be resolved anyway, what would my preference be. And I just asked myself, and one thing I learned through my training is to go with the quickest answer that comes to you. So your subconscious mind knows the answer always for you, like the best answer for you always. So when you ask yourself a question and the first thing that pops in your brain, that's the way you want to go. It takes three seconds for your conscious mind to catch up. And then your conscious mind's going to come in and start telling you why that first answer is wrong and you should be doing it a different way. Or what if that doesn't work? And all the what ifs, the buts, all of that stuff. That's going to come three seconds later. So take that first answer and run with it, or at least write it down so you don't forget and, and really think about that. I've, I've started that practice with myself, and I'm grateful that I can now see when uh, my old habits are beginning to creep in and, and I can reel it back a little bit. But yeah, it's definitely a practice to begin to, to get more in touch with yourself. You know, I think like that is such a like unique spin on trying to like tap into your intuition and everything and really just like, okay, it's like that rapid response. Like, yes, go. Totally. <laughs> and it really totally just kind is. of, yeah, and like playing that for a little bit and just like quick answers and stuff. It really helps like shed light on what is just coming up for you. And even if like, you know, you don't have to like act on everything that that comes up or you say or whatever, but it kind of is like, wow, is that, is that really what I'm thinking? Like, is that what I feel like the right answer is or the right direction to go? And then, and then, yeah, you can let your, your mind kind of like catch up and, and give you all those excuses or reasons not to and things like that. And it's like, but well, why did I think of that initially though? So I think that's like a fun little exercise to try to just like, quick rapid response. 
Yeah, it totally is. And then you can, then the questions that you begin to ask yourself about that, like, or the excuses you, you make up, like, oh, I don't really have the time for that. Those are the places that you want to dig into and say, well, where is that coming from? And a lot of times those are things that are there to just keep us safe. So that's our excuses coming up, our, our safety measures, all those things. And you really want to dig into like, where did this belief come from? And is it true? Uh, it may have been true when you learned it. Is it still true for you? And that's fine if it is, but it's good to just know, like, where are these like core beliefs coming from and how are they still serving me today? And I, I do this a lot with my clients. Like, it's okay for you to shed stories and shed beliefs that are no longer serving you. It doesn't mean they never did. You could, it could have been super good for you while you were little, um, but now, you know, leading the kind of life that you want to lead, it's okay for you to, to leave that behind and step into the next level version of yourself. So we do a lot of work with like um, hypnotherapy and stuff to leave those limiting beliefs behind. And so now your your oldest is eight, correct? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so as us, you know, new mamas, my daughter is almost two. She'll be two Aww. very, very soon. Um, you know, what kind of, I guess, like advice would you really like to just end on and and give to us as as fresh new mamas entering motherhood and and really just exploring this all for the first time. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's such a ride. It's such an exciting ride and I'll say that you know each age comes with its own you know issues. It's own like you know you're right now I can only imagine like the stage that you guys are in. My youngest is two. He's about to be three next week, which is so exciting, but also so sad. I can't believe my youngest baby is three. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Like, how do we deal with like being done? You know, like, oh, before at least my babies, I always was like, okay, I'm going to have another one. I'm going to have, and now it's like, oh no, this is the last baby. But, um, so you always have like different stages to work through and whatnot. But with my eight-year-old, it's really neat. He's getting to a point where like, you know, not getting to a point where he's fun to be around because they're always fun to be around. But like he is, you know, we have real conversations. He's reading books and we're talking about things. He's really interested in history and things like that. It's interesting to see like his personality really coming out and like, a really neat way. So it's it's a really cool stage. Um, with doing all of my work with um, the subconscious mind and understanding how important the ages of zero to seven are for his learning and perception of the world, I would just say to like it's so important for us moms to be doing this work so we're aware of what we're like passing on and and to just give them them as much freedom to be who they truly are as you can as encouraging as you can be for them to explore the things that light them up that would be my biggest tip or like my biggest advice because it's such a it's such an important time for them to explore those things um, and to have the freedom to do what it is that makes them feel so excited and and you know it could be any number of things for the little kids, but it's so nice for them to have that foundation where they were encouraged and supported to follow their dreams as young children so that they can call on that again in their adulthood. 
Yeah, and I really think, you know, it is it is a lot of stuff that we have to do as ourselves. And it almost is, you know, like going back to our own childhood sometimes and seeing like, you know, what we don't want and what we do want for them and realizing like, whoa, like <laughs> this is what happened for me. And like, that's why I want to be able to either do things differently or take parts of, you know, our childhood the same and, and really just, yeah, overall empower them and and show them that they are allowed to be who they want to be and back to again modeling and and really just saying like you know if we're doing that for ourselves it's going to be that much easier to give them that permission yes absolutely I mean if anything motherhood has been a really like I don't want to say triggering for me because I feel like that word is pretty heavy, but like it has really flung me like headfirst into the limiting beliefs and negative stories that I was taught as a child um, by no fault of my, uh, you know, caregivers because they did the best they could with what they had. And it wasn't like a, you know, wasn't a horror. I had a wonderful childhood, but we're all taught different stories. And it's really interesting. I think as, as we become moms and step into this new role in motherhood, those stories come like kind of front and center again. Whereas before you're like an independent, like successful woman, you're doing your thing. You only have to worry about yourself. Now, all of a sudden you're flung into this situation where you're a new mom and it just happens that you get flooded with like, you know, these these ideas that you were raised with. And and so it's just important for you to like take inventory of that and see if it's still like serving you and still, you know, how you want to move forward if it's still part of that narrative. But yeah, it's, it's so exciting. And I would say the other thing is just have so much fun with them. I know it's like, you hear that all the time, but like, it is such a special fleeting time. So as much as you can get down there and have so much like, fun intentional fun with them is like that's going to be so special and memorable for them and you as well I agree but you know thank you so much for like coming on and talking to us and really just like sharing you know what you have learned and really stepping into like be such an empowered mom so I thank you so much for for doing this today and um, I'd really like to you know give you the opportunity to you know, let us know what you're up to, what you're doing, how we can reach you, everything like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Um, I hope that some of your listeners will be encouraged by some of the stuff I shared. I hope that it was helpful for someone out there. Um, it was really great. So I, I really appreciate you giving me um, space on your platform to share. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active uh, with my coaching business at Snyder. So it's the.ange Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R. Um, and I have a podcast, it's called Gateway to Growth, where we talk about all of this like personal development stuff with motherhood and how that all fits together. And I'm working on something really exciting. I'm getting ready to launch a membership, which is really meant to be a place for deep connection for midlife moms to come together, do this growth work and really support, encourage and empower one another along the way. And I'm just really excited for that to be a beautiful container of growth and connection. Um, So I really hope um, that some of you will join me there, but I will share all about that on my Instagram and, and on my podcast for sure. So it was such a pleasure to be here, Sarah. Thank you so much.
Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful, and if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.